is too smart for um, the mainstream film industry, you know? No, there was a lot of things about Endgame that I didn't get, mostly because <laughs> I didn't watch it, but... That movie was fine. I don't get, like, the visceral hate of Marvel. I don't think it's anything, like, incredible, but it's fine. I don't know. I think... I that... turn my brain off sometimes. I think that hate has died down recently just because it's not, like, dominating things anymore. Yeah, they kind of, like, but, just stopped making them. Well. <laughs> for the time being. Yeah, but, um. Didn't, I, like, Black Widow come out and, like, nobody watched it? I can't tell. There's a lot of movies that seemed like they were going to come out and then Corona happened and then here we are. Yeah, that's true. Shit shut down. Oh, yo, dude, we got to talk about this. Yeah, for those who don't know, coronavirus is uh, a virus that is very communicable in closed spaces. So please wear a face mask or face covering uh, when interacting yeah, it, with the people. Yeah, it's sort of like um, the flu, but less contagious. That's what I've heard about it. <laughs> um, oh, so, okay. Fucking, did you see the deal that AMC and Universal struck? No. So, have you heard about any of this? Like, the shit that's been going on? I mean, this is vague, so I don't okay. know. <laughs> so, okay, <laughs> well, not, Universal though. and AMC have been having some uh, beef recently. So what happened is AMC got upset that Universal was releasing movies they were supposed to release at AMC on their own streaming service for like oh, 20 yeah. bucks. Like you pay 20 bucks and you get streaming rights for like two days, I think. So they were pissed about that and said that they weren't going to show movies from Universal Pictures anymore. And they recently struck a deal where they're going to show their movies at AMC for um, 17 days exclusively. And then after that 17th day, they're going to be available to stream. Mm. So, you know, theaters are dead. Yeah. Shame. I've I've been like since the beginning of this. Um, more than anything else, more than like the, the you know, the 100,000 deaths or any, I mean, I don't really give a shit about that, but wh what I'm really worried about is the death of the movie theater industry and it looks like it's coming. Yeah. It's been coming for a while now, but yeah, this that, just pushed it over the edge. I mean, don't movie, movie theaters make most of their revenue off of snacks? I think I heard that. They do. Yes. But if they don't have exclusive rights then people aren't going to come and buy the snacks, you know what I mean? No. Yeah, I know. But I just, I... I think that statistic always like blows me away that it's like it's 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 basically like a shitty restaurant that with a with a big gimmick and the gimmick is movies. Explain. They make most of their revenue off of shitty food and the way that they get you to eat the shitty food is by putting movies on in front of you. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, no, that is true, though. Yeah. Uh, theaters make very little off of um, showing movies like the studios make most of that money. Mm. And students basically have them by the balls because theater attendance is going down and they need the big movies to like survive. Yeah, I, I think movies like the or theaters like the Brattle Theater and like drive-ins might actually outlast like normal movie theaters uh, at this point. Yeah, I've been thinking that too. I, well, I think like the novelty factor is going to be big. Like once this all like really dies, yeah. like people are only going to want to go to a movie theater for like the fun of it. Like, hey. Get all the kids. Let's, you know what? Let's go to a movie theater for, right. for fun. An old time movie theater. A replica movie theater. Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I mean, it's honestly already been trending that direction. I know people who literally will see two movies a year at the theater and that's it. Yeah. You know, it's just like, oh, let's just do this thing instead of a regular activity, which is fine. I mean, not everybody needs to fucking go to the theater. I mean, some people don't really watch movies at all. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know. They're just not as smart as us, and that's fine. Not everybody can be. 
Have we talked about the the Snyder cut? I like don't even know what uh, what that is. Really, I, I know people are saying like if if they released the Zack Snyder cut of this movie, then it would be really good, and Justice League would somehow be like instantly fixed. Is that the gist? Right. Of it? That's what people say. So, um, okay. So here's the deal with it. Okay. Yeah. Please. I, I legitimately don't know. Um. So Zack Snyder was the original director for the Justice League. Um. And towards the end. Or like not, I think like halfway through shooting or like three quarters of the way through shooting, they booted him for some reason and then brought in um, Joss Whedon, I believe. And they apparently like redid the whole thing. They say that that's why like fans say that's why it's so terrible is that they just made a different movie with the footage they'd already shot and like just reshot a few scenes. I guess the villain is completely different. And I don't know, Superman has like a black suit or something. Anyway, it's four hours long. <laughs> So, wow yeah how can <laughs> imagine being somebody who's throwing money at this movie that already has four hours of footage and they're like yeah you know what let's make no revenue off that let's just yeah let's just make a new movie it's crazy to me dude i don't even like Zack snyder i don't what has he done he's done like he made the watchmen movie oh yeah that was fine yeah kind of kind of ruined the point of like them not having superpowers by giving them superpowers which ones did he give superpowers? Pretty much all of them. Oh, really? Not crazy superpowers, but the comedian, for example, is able to throw people through walls. Without feeling bad about it. <laughs> it's the whole gimmick. <laughs> no, nah, but like they have supernatural strength and stuff like that. How great would that be if the superhero, was his only power was no remorse? And <laughs> Isn't that just Warshock? I think it's Dr. Manhattan more. Uh-oh. I guess that's true. No, <laughs> no but he doesn't have any, all of them. He doesn't have any powers. He just has the power of no remorse. Like he just doesn't. That's what I'm saying. That's that's Rorschach. <laughs> Rorschach. He's just is cynical. That's his superpower. I kill dogs <laughs> and they look like little butterflies. Just a noir detective with the fucking Rorschach test. It's kind of fun. No, it's great. Watchmen is I great. I want to reread that. I loved I loved that book when I read it. But yeah, the movie was fine. Like it was it was fun to see some of it come to life. It just neutered it a little bit. And it would have been more interesting if they didn't have superpowers like the comic book, mm -hmm. because that's kind of the point is that they're yeah. just people who built themselves up to be superhero level. Yeah, I only read manga. So dude, it's backwards. Let's talk about Ranma one half. Why do they do it backwards? Tushes hot water gets tits i mean what else do you need what are you talking about it's august 2020 i'm talking about tits with nathan vitale what is this this is the snyder cut <laughs> dude i just don't get it yeah i don't know i don't like that um it be has become a thing for hollywood studios to fucking cut out the director at the last minute and then just butcher the movie i don't get it i don't i don't get that yeah yeah, I'd be bummed if they still paid me a shit ton of money. I I wouldn't be like that upset over it. But as I I would only really a hundred percent be like okay, I would I would still be pissed. But I would only be pissed if my name was like still attached to it. Yeah, but right. But still, like they'd have yeah. to drop the Tyler cut. But yeah. still, like you put all that time and energy into making a movie, and they're like, yeah, let's just fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get that. I'd love to sit in on one of those board meetings where they discuss just butchering a movie. Yeah. And like canning the director just because yeah. I, I don't I seriously don't understand why they would do it. I don't get it. Maybe the director like ran over someone's cat or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think I think probably what happens is the executives are like, all right, we need you to make all these changes. The director's like, fuck, no, that's not the movie. And like, all right, bye. We don't need you.
We have a trillion dollars to spend. I think probably what happens is that one of the producer's sons is working as like a page and the director like uses too harsh of a tone when he's asking him to get him a latte and then he complains to his dad and then he gets, the director gets kicked. A page like medieval times? A scribe. (laughs) (laughs) A medieval scribe boy. He accidentally knocks over his inkwell. (laughs) If I had, if I had an endless amount of money, I would make... I would hire a renaissance fair to stop touring and just like... <laughs> That's it. That's I, would, I would just live I would just live in the renaissance fair. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wanted to go to one of those. They are so expensive. I think it'd be a fun experience. Oh yeah, definitely. Especially now you get like... They have um, the Black Plague themed one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Plague doctors everywhere. Everybody. I want to wear one of those like crow masks, dude. Those are fucking... They're sick. I would love to be a plague doctor, dude. Just go around breathing spices all day, smelling like nutmeg. Is that that what they do? Yeah, the beak holds a bunch of spices that they thought like filtered out the plague. That's sick. They go around and poke people till they died and say, well, was a warlock. So (laughs) clearly. The good old days. (laughs) Yeah, really. Can we take it back? The good old days. Can we get great again? Not to get political. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Hey, not to get political, but what do you think about TikTok being banned? I don't care. If it, I mean, I don't know if he can, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it depends. Did Trump say he was going to do that? He did, right? Yeah. I sent you the article. He said, like, within the week, he's going to ban it. Yeah, he says shit like that all the time. What does that mean? Yeah, you got to love that stuff. Yeah. Insane. Speaking of loving stuff, Nate, I would love to know if you loved Sin City. And also the fur. Hey guys, welcome back to Talkie Talk, episode seven, right? Episode seven. The Tom Cruise Omniverse. Basically, dude, I do believe that genuinely that every Tom Cruise movie is part of the same universe and it's the same character <laughs> with different code names. It's all part of the Mission Impossible universe. If a Tom Cruise runs into another Tom Cruise, they become a singularity, which pulls the earth into itself. It's like Gemini Man, Will Smith meets Will Smith. We should watch that. We should. When I watched that in the theater, when I saw the trailer, I was so excited. I, I never like, watched it. Will Smith faces off against Will Smith. <laughs> I was so stoked. It's like, who's going to win? You know what I mean? So close. Thank God. Either way, Will Smith wins, except for lately. Lately, Will Smith's been losing, unfortunately. Yeah, didn't he get cheated on? But, yeah, he got cheated on and then like interviewed his own wife about it. And she like... It's kind of whack. Oh, it's it's hard. <laughs> it's It's really hard to watch. Yeah, I bet. Why would you do that publicly, though? That's on you. I uh, Will Smith is like, I mean, he's been famous forever. Yeah. And he's a charismatic guy who's really nice and I think is, you know, likes, it seems like he, he's really good at getting people to like him. I feel like that's kind of easy to take advantage of. I feel, I feel bad for him. I think he definitely got taken for a fucking ride. Yeah. I mean, I do too. Imagine cheating on Will Smith, bro. That's crazy. I know, dude. I would let Will Smith raw dog me every night if we were to Absolutely. get it. You have to. Yeah. He's turn it over and hit it. You know, it's his, it's his song. Yeah, man. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Say no to Will Smith. If Will Smith comes back from a hard day of work, busts open the door, has his belt undone, and looks at you and says, it's time. You, you're going to say no. You're going to say no to Will Smith. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to you're me. You're stuck in this big house. It's just you and Will Smith. Your kids are all the way at the other end of the hall. And if you if you walk within 100 yards of their room, the bells go off and they know Will Smith is alerted and the dogs get out. You're going to say no to Will Smith. Right. Because he won't take that as an answer. That's the thing. What are you going to do? You think you can outrun those dogs? Exactly. You think you can make it through 100 miles of the Mojave on your own with no water, no food? 
You're going to say no to Will Smith? <laughs> Will Smith, who tracked down Benny across the fucking Mojave and killed him, seduced him and then killed him? <laughs> That's who you're going to say no to? Will Large Fist Smith? <laughs> Will Smith, who took down Caesar's Legion? That's who you're going to say no, no to. I don't buy it. Will Second Coming Smith? You're going to say no to him? <laughs> Will Comes Twice Smith? Okay. What do so you think Sin of Sin City? City? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, <laughs> you know, okay, I actually have to piss, so let's take a let's take Oh, a Jesus fall. Christ. <laughs> okay, guys, while Nate's gone, we're going to have a little uh, segment I like to call... Tyler's book review. Uh, this week, very special book review. It's a part of a seven-part series. It's the beginning. Uh, kind of underground, kind of an unknown book. It's called Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Uh, Harry Potter is back for the first time in this heartwarming and mystifying tale of a young orphan overcoming the odds and defeating a socially awkward disabled man. Mystery unfolds as who we believe to be a friendly yet removed professor is revealed to be none other than the main antagonist of the series, Lord Voldemort. Voldemort has returned after more than a decade, this time in the powerful form of a burn victim's face. The climax is nothing short of jaw-dropping, and J.K. Rowling spares no opportunity to ramp up the tension in, his, in this fist fight between a child and an adult man. Although it seems Voldemort may finally succeed, Harry cleverly formulates a way to further disfigure his foe, and the cripple is finally executed by none other than Albus Dumbledore, the old man who has been silently tracking and observing the child throughout his young life. There's a little something for everyone in this story of tragedy and courage. Though it's not for the faint of heart, I'll warn you, some non-localized versions may be difficult to understand with the improper usage of the letter U. Overall, a magical read, and Tyler's Book Corner will be giving this one three loaves and one icing surprise. Thank you, Samantha Krause, who commented on our Instagram post and said that we should bring more book reviews into this movie review podcast. Uh, I couldn't help but agree, and this will no doubt become a recurring segment throughout the podcast. Thank you very much, Sarah Krause. Hey, Tyler, what it- you are an inspiration, and I hope your lymphoma uh, develops positively or negatively. <laughs> Uh, stay safe out there, Samantha. what I miss? What? Excuse me? Can you hear me? Yeah, now I can. Can you oh, hear okay. me? Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, cool. cool. Is everything fine with the thing? Yeah. Let's talk about Sin City. Cool. Sin City, um, really mediocre, in my opinion. <laughs> I thought the dialogue was what you would expect from that comic book neo-noir genre and nothing more. I thought it was just kind of edgy for no reason sort of like self-serving in a way. I don't know. I feel like I didn't take much away from it. It was just kind of, yeah. What'd you think? I liked it. Uh, I didn't think it was like anything crazy, crazy good. Definitely not uh, nowhere near as good as Spy Kids, which is, I still think is, uh, you know, the high point of Rodriguez's career. But <laughs> I, I really enjoyed most of like the edginess and that over the top, like ridiculousness for the most part. And uh, only felt myself kind of like, uh, you know, losing losing interest probably towards like the the last quarter of it, maybe like the last third, mm. just because uh, this, I would say like none of the stories really feel all that different from each other. And that even though like there's, there's different presentation, especially in the one directed by Quentin Tarantino, but for the most part, 
it, it felt a little oversaturated by the end. But for the most part, throughout the parts that I did enjoy, I thought the edginess and like the <laughs> the like ridiculous and super simplistic dialogue was was really funny. And I don't know how much of that was intentional, but I have to imagine in like such a ridiculously stylized film, like having seen some of Rodriguez's other films, I think it's it's intentional. He's he's a really he's a very over the top director who is like yeah. just you know, he's made like the machete movies and all the Oh yeah, I never saw those. Weirdly enough, all the spy kids movies. I definitely didn't know that. That is, <laughs> is that is interesting. Hilarious. Yeah. And also Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. <laughs> So what did you think of The Firm? I also liked it. They were both kind of turn your brain off movies for me a little bit, but I ended up really <laughs> just enjoying The Firm. I think it as soon as it said, like, based off the book written by John Grisham, I was like, oh, yeah. OK, who is that? I mean, he's like Dean Koontz or like Stephen King. Like he's kind of like one uh. of these like very prolific or, or like Tom Clancy, like, you know, they're just kind of right. like always on the bestseller list, like always like very broad appeal. Right. Espionage and intrigue and international travel. And, and a man gets involved in something when he's way over his head and like has to right. get his way out. And there's damsels and it's it's it was just fun. Dames. Dames, gals, doll faced ladies. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the ones that touch you and their 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 touch is a little cold at first, then it warms up and you're like, How'd you do that? And they say it's my secret. Right, but then you trust them and you let them in and they betray you. Something like that. Every fucking time, dude. How'd they do it? How'd the firm know? But anyway, <laughs> yeah, no, I I uh I would say I enjoyed it. Yeah, just really like very predictable, but also just like fun to be along the ride for, I think. Like seeing all the stuff that like gets like kind of obviously set up. And some things that aren't as obviously set up come in and like there's just payoff for everything. And it's very like rewarding. Interesting. Although I think it's surface surface level rewarding, but it's definitely it's definitely fun. What do you think? Um, I didn't like it. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> dude, maybe I was just because I was like, I don't know. I hadn't slept well the night before. I had a real tough time following the plot and trying to make sense of what was happening. Like I generally knew what was happening, but it didn't seem like it made any sense why things would happen the whole thing with his wife i feel like his wife's whole story just doesn't make any sense to me i just don't get it why she would risk herself after he cheated on her with some random girl and like why would he cheat on her with some random girl and it just seemed like characters made decisions that didn't make any sense to me and like only to move the plot along it didn't seem like they really had any arcs so much as they just a bunch of things happened yeah, they were kind of like they were like pieces of the plot, kind of more than characters. Kind but, of, yeah. Which and I I had trouble following the whole conspiracy too. Okay, like where? What's your understanding of it? Because I I feel like I just didn't quite get it. It's like the firm hires good lawyers, and then like they do shit for the mob, and most know, some don't. All the partners know. And then if anybody finds out and tries to leave or just generally tries to leave, they kill them. It's like pretty yes, much it. that part I understood. <laughs> that part I totally understood. But it was when they tried to get into specifics that I started being like, this doesn't make any fucking sense. Why would they rip off every single customer that they were dealing with when they're literally giving them all this fucking money and they know it's the mob and they're not trying to get in the bad side of the mob? Why would they rip off every single one in a pretty obvious way? And it seems like the customers know about it because this one dude was like, yeah, you ripped me off like 30 times. Yeah. You know, each one of those could be 10 years in prison. Yeah. 
I that's um that that scene is actually like one of the scenes that I felt really didn't work for me was where that like I I you know it just seemed like too perfect yeah and also that that character like never shows up before or after where he's like yeah I just thought you'd like to know I'm angry but not angry enough to really like talk to anyone else about this but like here's this useful bit of information uh, bye, I guess. Yeah, you've been stealing thousands from me on every payment. <laughs> Please stop. I don't really care, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know this is illegal. I won't be following with the lawsuit, but you know this is illegal. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. I, I mean, I think, um, I partially think, I about half think, maybe a quarter think, that it, it could be commentary on the fact that people, you know, like hire lawyers and then just don't give a shit. They're just like, yeah, do my things for me. And I assume that you're doing it right. Yeah. A lot of people don't know shit about law and law is like very overly complicated, not necessarily so lawyers can have jobs, but like it's, it's, there's a lot to understand that I think most people just don't have the time to like actually look into how their affairs are being handled. Right. But, but I mean, billing statements aren't though. I don't see, I don't know enough about like legality stuff to really say, but I was just like, th- can a law firm really just like hold bills? Wait, what do you mean? Wasn't it just that they straight were just like adding charges on top? They sent, they held the original like calculated forms and then they sent out dummy forms that were inflated. And that's how he got them because right. he needed the originals a lot, which were the right. original cost. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was another thing I didn't. Yeah. So how did, how did that customer figure it out then? He was just like, oh, I'm paying you like hundred an hour and you charge me this much. Like, I think it was more just that like he, cause he said like, you're not working 30 hours on my case. Cause I bet his case probably wasn't moving forward. And right. So I, I see. So I think I imagine, I mean, I'm kind of at this point doing the, the part of the, you know, I'm making stuff up. So I try and put pieces together. Yeah. You know? When I said I enjoyed this, I did not, I did not so much mean like I was with it the whole way, but I, I left That's feeling fair. like, you know, okay. That was like, that was fun, but yeah, you know, I but, can get that. Yeah, I think if you start trying to like really piece it together, it kind of falls apart because I don't think, I don't know about John Grisham. I haven't read any of his books, but he writes like at least a book a year. Yeah, so you I, that. I, yeah, so I can't imagine like... Churning them out. Yeah, I, I can't imagine yeah. that much research goes into it. But I think also I literally finished Sin City and then went into this movie. Oh, really? Back to back? Yeah, I think that, that helped like have the my brain already slightly turned off. So I was just like, okay, mm. okay, but but yeah, no. I think when you really start trying to piece together like the legality of everything that, like, I think if you sat this movie in front of a lawyer, I think yeah. you would have a lot to talk about. I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know. Well, but, it wasn't it wasn't even that that bothered me, like the laws and whatever. I if they want to make shit up, then fine. But it seemed like <laughs> in that how they explained things in that movie didn't make sense in the way that they were presenting it. The mob is using this firm because they want to pay the least amount of money on taxes as possible and to help launder money, help like hide money from the IRS. Mm -hmm. Like they're trying to save every penny they can and they just let the lawyers rip them off for mad long. It doesn't, that doesn't make sense to me. But they don't know what's happening. Why wouldn't they? Some schmuck knows it's happening. I, I mean, why wouldn't they be on top of that? I don't, because they are the lawyers for the, for the, I don't really have that much trouble believing that like, the um the firm is just like you know as their lawyers they just like tell them not to worry and then they don't worry because i feel like the way they kind of introduce the mobster characters too are just kind of like they're kind of bumbling yeah but they also wanted to fire them right 
They no. And he then said, Tom Cruise convinces him. No, I don't think they wanted to fire them. He said like every lawyer should be like killed or something. Every lawyer should be without a job or something. But I don't think he said like. I think he just felt like he was being like lied to. Yeah, which he was, but. Yeah, I don't remember that scene super well, but I, I mean, I don't really have too much of a problem imagining that they just like trusted the firm, gave them their stuff, and then were just like, all right, fuck it, here you go. I don't know. It doesn't make sense because they were, they I, almost I fired him because he was saying, well, you're just having me defer my taxes. How do you know that the tax law isn't going to like get worse for us? How do you know it's going to get better? And then Tom Cruise talks him into it. Well, that's a different guy, though. He, I thought that one worked with the mob, too. I don't know. Because I thought the point of that scene was that Tom Cruise wasn't intimidated by them when his boss was, because his boss knew more. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe that guy knows more about taxes. And he was Italian, so he has to be. Yeah, I get to say that because I'm Italian. Yeah, I love the two, like, Goombas that they brought in to be the mafia guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean... It's kind of fun. Again, yeah, I don't think there's a lot... This holds much water when, like, real legality comes into it. <laughs> Just plot, though. It's not even the laws that confused me. It was just the plot. I didn't feel like they justified pretty much anything that happened as it went on. There were some things I liked. I liked how Tom Cruise's character told the firm right away when the FBI talked to him so that they wouldn't become suspicious of him. I thought that was a cool move. Yeah. That was a cool scene. Um, Because in that scene, I, I really didn't know if he was just blowing it off or if he was deciding... I'm going to make more money at this firm anyway. They haven't been able to touch us for years. So it was cool that there was that dynamic there that I wasn't really sure what was going on. And Tom Cruise's character was outsmarting them at the beginning. Um, but I don't know. What did you like about this movie? Um, mostly like the camp of it. Mostly okay. like the moments where like <laughs> they show like the cotton truck outside. And I was like, okay, that's going to come in play. Yeah, that's kind of the co- cotton truck outside again. I'm like, okay, what's going to happen? Yeah, and the guy's like, oh, grab a chair. And then Tom Cruise like grabs a chair and like throws it out the window and jumps out. Yeah. I thought that was hilarious. That is funny, yeah. I think the only part that truly made me like laugh out loud was the the introduction of the King character when he just like, he just like, they, they just pan over at the truck stop and there's this guy just like Elvis. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, his name's Elvis, not the King. But yeah, he's... He just straight up looks like Elvis, and I was like, oh, that's so fun. Like, it never really went yeah. past, like, that's so fun for me. That's fair. I can, I can get that. Like, I was fully expecting, especially as soon as, like, like Tom Cruise, like, the first scene. Actually, it was funny. When the f- movie first started for the first, like, 10 minutes before they went down to Memphis, I thought it was going to be, like, like Tom Cruise in, like, this law comedy. Yeah. I thought it was going to be something kind of, like, not, not as uh, irreverent as, like, Animal House, but I thought it was going to be, like... Tom Cruise, the high class lawyer, has to get a band of schmuck lawyers to pass before he like for his Keystone project to keep Harvard's uh, graduation rate up or something like that. Well, before I watched it, I expected a courtroom drama because I saw a few good men a while ago. I think also in high school. That's another movie I want to rewatch. But he's that's like a, a very serious movie where yeah. Tom Cruise is a lawyer. I'm glad um, it wasn't that. That was not what I was in the mood for. <laughs> I kind of was hoping it was that. Oh, that's I'd- what I was expecting and that's what i want to see maybe that's on me but yeah but whatever you took a risk yeah i'd rather i'd rather not know what a movie is about and have my expectations defied than just learn too much about it 
I just didn't think it was that good. Like what it turned into wasn't that good for me. Yeah, it also kind of almost felt like there were some points where like it, not like it was written by somebody else, but it just made like interesting decisions as to like what to include in the story, honestly. Like I think the whole yeah. subplot with the brother didn't really need to be there at all, honestly. Yeah. Unless they wanted to like do more with his character with that. Because I don't know, because earlier when he's arguing with his wife and his wife is like, this is about you with your mom and your brother you never talk about. And I was like, oh, so Tom Cruise has like difficulty talking to his brother. But then he goes to jail. His relationship with his brother is like kind of fantastic for one of them being a lawyer, one of them being a a convicted felon. Yeah, but they mentioned that he hasn't been there in years. Yeah, but then his brother's just like, I forgive you, little bro. I wouldn't want to be here either. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I actually kind of like that moment. I thought that was kind of nice where it's Tom Cruise was building it up in his head and just putting it off for so long. And then it turns out he's just like, oh, I was a fucking idiot. Why didn't I come see him sooner? You know? Yeah, maybe. I thought, I thought that was more interesting and surprising than if he showed up and his brother was just a dick to him. Um, and I think it worked, too, because that was his main character arc. Tom Cruise's character, now that I think about it, is that in the beginning, it's about this selfishness. It's about him like not being poor because he's afraid of it. And for trying to provide for his wife um, so that she'll be happy with him, basically. Um, And I liked how then it became his main focus was helping his brother. So it is it was a shift towards selflessness. Um, Yeah, but that. So I I guess uh, maybe his character was a little more dynamic than I thought at first. But that arc is like over by the time that he goes to the jail for the first time. Like he doesn't really have to like fight through that. He kind of just is. I don't think so. Oh, I. Could have just gone the whole time. Love you, bro. I'll get you out. Like, Yeah, but there is a question of if Tom Cruise wants to help the FBI or not. And then the FBI threatens him with keeping his brother in jail longer. That was another thing. The FBI in this movie was like criminal. Hey, man, all you got to do to be a criminal is just, you know, flip the script a little bit. Oh, but we're, <laughs> you're a criminal? Oh, you have a badge? Never mind. That's commentary. Yeah, right? That's what happens in our society. Yeah, basically. Dude, I hate fucking police brutality against lawyers. Me too. Always happens. It's the main main issue All in our society. All those lawyers that get shot up by rubber bullets pisses me yeah. off. You mean real bullets? You mean the same thing? <laughs> My buddy Demetrius was studying at Harvard Law. He had his Harvard Law textbook out in front of him. That thing is like thicker than a Bible and a rubber bullet yeah. pierced it, went straight into his lung. It's <laughs> fine though. Coughed it up later, yeah. Anyway... Um, yeah, see, I, I really feel like I wasn't expecting that much from this movie. And yeah. I think that's where the main like difference between our levels of enjoyment like came from. Cause I think, I think you're probably right. I, I think, yeah. Like if you're asking me to defend it on the level of like plot cohesion and like character arcs, I'm, I'm going to have to give it like a way lower score. But in terms of like, yeah, just like, I really just like kind of turned my brain off and just kind of like went in for the ride and it was enjoyable up until probably up until like i remember really almost like checking my watch at the point that he went to mud island and was on the like steamboat thing i was like okay let's speed this up dude i even remember yeah there's (laughs) there's a lot of fluff in this movie that was the other thing is that i that's why I said I, I, I couldn't entirely follow the plot because I felt like there were so many different parts. And yeah. I was like, wait, what? Why is this happening again? What? Yeah. I felt like I couldn't fully turn my brain off because it was trying to have like a, a complicated plot, but it also wasn't good enough to justify turning my brain on, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I would have preferred if it was simpler and shorter. Yeah, it, it was like two hours and it was, it was two and a half minutes, hours. Right? Yeah, maybe two forty. Yeah. yeah, it was way too long. Way, way too long. Yeah, I think a lot of that had to come with like the efficiency um, with each scene. Like, I feel like each scene, for the most part, and like a lot of the plot, kind of just like gets a point across, but then kind of dwells on it for a long time, and it's just like this yeah. needs to move on because you made your point. Like, just keep going and. Yeah. Which is weird because for a lot of parts in the movie, the editing is very, very abrupt. And I I, mm-hmm. I noticed that a lot. It was just like just how quickly they would, they would do a lot of hard cuts, like a lot of hard cuts with loud yeah. sound cues. And right. I it was interesting and it was it kept me engaged, but it, it kept me engaged in the way that like lab rats get kept invade, engaged by like sugar water. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do. You're just tapping like into your fucking primal brain to trick you into being compelled. Yeah. Just like, oh, you're getting bored. Yeah. <laughs> Wake up. This movie's still going. Got another fucking two hours to go. Yeah. So. But yeah, I it was very long. Yeah. There was a moment where I was watching it and I paused it to go to the bathroom and then I looked at the Netflix, the um, progress bar, and it was at 40 minutes on the left. And then um, an hour, what would it have been? An hour. Tw- oh, yeah, like two hours. The brain's fucking breaking down. An hour 40 on uh, the right side. And I thought it was one of those ones where it shows you how long the movie is at the end and it stays constant. But then I came back and I was like, oh, OK, that's not too bad. Like, because I was getting a little bored already. Yeah. And I thought, OK, I can get through this. And then I sat down and pressed play and it sunk in that that was the time that was remaining. And I was just like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I fuck. I had a moment like that as soon as they as soon as I kind of realized what kind of movie it was going to be, uh-huh. um, which I actually I actually don't mind a little bit of like a wandery first few scenes. If it if it is. Yeah. If it, you know, goes well with the theme or the tone of the movie. Like I, if they're good. I don't mind a movie not getting like right into it right away if it if it feeds into the rest of it. But for sure, yeah. Um, like the whole first ten minutes, I was like, yes, yes. Like Tom Cruise does stripes. Like Tom Cruise does like Revenge of the Nerds. Like I'm so down. Like it's gonna be like I really, really thought Tom Cruise was going. This is the plot that I made in my head. It was just like it was gonna be like. 10 low level nerd lawyers that were like idiot lawyers that like were there on like mommy and daddy's money and like didn't know shit. And Tom Cruise was going to have to like mentor them so that they passed so that Harvard didn't have to like fail them and like lose its stats. Uh-huh. And that's, that's what I wanted. I was like, yeah, Tom Cruise like has to get this ragtag band of dumbass lawyers together. <laughs> and like, they're each going to have their little own story. It's going to be like so stupid, but it's going to be so fun. And then it was just like, I think you should make that movie. <laughs> <laughs> for tom cruise because so i would watch the fuck out of that yeah i love that be- i feel like tom cruise would be perfect for that too because when he gets into that manic zone yes yes that's where he's at his best and i could totally see that yeah. like him fucking really getting into what it do you mean like- what do you mean you can't read anymore just look at the page <laughs> what are you talking like about yelling at them i can't talk now brenda thank keep you for the coffee you have to keep going <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I love when he yells, dude. I love when he. There was. Uh, I was gonna say when that thought entered my mind that that was the movie it was gonna be. I did feel a twinge of disappointment, thinking that I would not see any running Tom Cruise. 
but uh, Dude, there was quite a bit of Roman you're right <laughs> saving grace dude there's like five minutes of it yeah. i was so happy yeah that's when i got re like attached to the plot again <laughs> i was like okay this movie this movie's at least an eight just for this yeah <laughs> when another you think that's in his contract i have to run <laughs> i have to run for five minutes at least in every movie i think so i could see that he's he's i i have nothing against that he's a fun runner to watch absolutely um i that's my favorite thing that tom cruise does is run and I, when i was watching the scene where gary Busey gets filleted oh yeah and then dies when he like reached under his desk and they asked like who was asking questions and he said julio estevez i was like okay so did gary Busey improv that or was that actually written <laughs> Because what are they? <laughs> did Gary Busey think that was real life? I was, I was thinking, I was like, did the director just say, think of a criminal name? <laughs> think of a criminal name. Julio Estevez. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. What does he look like? Six foot two black yeah, male. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Julio Estevez. Gary Busey exposing his political views. Yeah, really. It's funny, the, the climax or like the rising action of this movie, if I may. You may. It's like so long. It's like 35 minutes of the sequence where she goes down, his wife goes down to the Caymans and he's like trying to outrun all these people. It is very, very long winded. And then I'm almost like, this, it almost feels like there's really not a climax. Um, I would argue that the climax is the scene where Tom Cruise, uh, I was going to say the scene where Tom Cruise basically extorts the mafia yeah yeah that or when he is talking to the fbi agent for the last time and reveals how he's like bulletproof i feel like those were like i, I feel like there was kind of two yeah. climaxes there so i i i would agree that the mob scene felt more climactic yeah but i i was thinking the scene where he talks to the fbi agent and like explains himself feels kind of like the climax too but there's no like there's no there's nothing it didn't feel that rewarding um, yeah, it wasn't super satisfying. Yeah. Because it seemed kind of bullshit, too. And, and, yeah, it did seem kind of weird with the FBI agent. I was, and he was just like, you mean you took us all for a ride and like lied to the FBI and got $750,000 from the FBI? And this totally, he's like, and that's all foolproof? And Tom Cruise is like, yes, it's airtight. Don't follow me. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, all right, I guess so. Fuck. Hey, I mean, I'm not, you're the lawyer here. I don't know. You bested the FBI. Oh, well. <laughs> How did you know those laws? I studied for the bar exam. Yeah. Unlike you, fucking cop. Fucking watchdog bitch. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that, it was weird. That, and that, the mob thing, too, didn't quite... Uh, I guess, I don't know. That one was better, I think, than the confrontation with the FBI. I think so, too, But yeah. still, I was like, would they not just whack him? That's what I was thinking. I was like, okay, so these guys are the perfect level between smart and dumb, that they'll believe what he says, but they're just not dumb enough to just be like, I don't trust you. You look like a fucking Goomba. And then just shoot him anyway. Yeah. Like, like what right. are the fucking chances that these guys are going to be just smart enough to know just the amount of legal lingo to be convinced, but not enough to understand that he's lying. But also they don't know enough, like, common sense. And they're not, like, violent or dumb enough to just be like, yeah, you know what? Uh, fuck you. Yeah. They're, like, holding there. They'll be like, we'll see what the firm has to say about this. Right. It's just like... Right. <laughs> I don't think he was lying to them, though. Was he? 
No, no, he wasn't. But I, I, I was like, what if they're just like idiots and they don't know what he's talking about? And they're like, yeah. no, you're lying. You're the guy we're chasing. Why would I trust you? Sit down. <laughs> you know? Right, right. It's just yeah. like, huh, this guy's spitting straight facts. Yeah. <laughs> All right, <laughs> hold on, Vinny. Put the gun down. Hey, Vinny, hold on. Shut up. Go take a walk. <laughs> oh, I want to hear this guy out. I need to eat my spaghetti. I, uh, <laughs> blood pressure's low. <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> Yeah, those just weren't super believable, either of them. And so it took, I think that's what took the impact out of it, is that I didn't feel like, oh, he's got him in a fucking corner. I felt like he's got him in a corner because the screenwriter decided that he does. Yeah, yeah, I 100% agree. The whole time I was thinking that they would just be stupid enough to like shoot him and not believe him. Yeah. Because like they're mobsters. They're mobsters who like for, for his kind of jargon to work they have to not know enough about law to fully trust the firm if they fully trust the firm why would they trust this like nobody who's who's like the guy that they know they're looking for right yeah i i don't know anyway (sighs) i don't know i think those scenes reminded me of in the mission impossible movies there are scenes like that where tom cruise basically unravels his plan or figures out what's been going on. But those scenes are good because you do leave with that feeling of everything coming together and him undoubtedly coming out on top. Whereas with this, it just wasn't super believable. I didn't feel like they pulled it together enough for it to work like that. Mm -hmm. Like it didn't feel like in the Mission Impossible movies, it feels like all the pieces were there and you could have put them together, but you didn't. But in this, it felt like they just kind of pushed it together in a way that didn't really work as a way to just try to tie up loose ends. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they, it's amazing. I, I, in a movie that is so long, like there's so many. Yeah. So fucking long. Uh, it, there's just like not that much that feels like gets done or completed. Like, yeah. I think that's why that scene with the FBI agent feels so kind of hollow because it's just like, not much feels like fleshed out. Yeah. Like not exactly. much feels like it actually followed through. I think the 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 plot stem that actually was like fleshed out and followed through on the most was the one with his brother because it was like mm. sh- shorter and more condensed like the whole getaway of his brother and it actually like had a climax and he actually gets away. Yeah. And like <laughs> I don't know with the Okay, so it's funny because I actually really like the scene where he goes into the firm and he gets a call and it's like, they know, get out, they know. And yeah. it's just like, he's just like, looks at them and then he just runs, but it's not even yeah. like that fast of a run. Right. It's so funny. They just like kind of don't know what to do. It, it was, like, yeah, it reminded me of something like Terry Gillian would do, like something out of Brazil or something. Like just like, oh yeah. Or like Wes Anderson, just like this guy just is like, huh, what do I do? I'm just gonna fucking run. <laughs> yeah, that it. was funny. Because I expected him to try to talk his way out of it again. And he just books it because he's like, oh, I can't do it. (laughs) He just gets the fuck out. So I did like that. Yeah. There were moments I liked. Um, Yeah. It just felt like there was so much fluff, like you said. And honestly, if this was a 90 minute movie, I probably would have liked it a lot more. Yeah. But it just went on for way too long. There's too much stuff that just didn't make sense. And I feel like didn't come together. Um, Also, I... Could they really release his brother from prison as a deal and then just imprison him again? Like, I, I didn't buy that that was something you could do. I have no idea. <laughs> that makes no sense to me. I have, I have absolutely no idea. Especially because it would be on the record, too. And he still has the fucking recording of the 
FBI agent. Yeah, that's true. Well, isn't that how he originally like gets past him anyway? Is like, isn't that how he eventually gets him on his side? Like after that, I don't think the FBI agent is that difficult to work with. What do you mean? I think after that, the FBI agent is like pretty much completely on his side, isn't he? No, there. That's he lets him know that he has that recording. Like pretty, I don't know, like halfway through the movie, and then the plan is still to release his brother and then follow his brother and then imprison him as soon as they get the information. Huh. Like why wouldn't he just release? the thing at that point, you know? And why would they do that? Why wouldn't they just release his brother? Like, what the fuck do they care if this well, guy- Well, he didn't release the files that they wanted him to release because that would have disbarred him, which I don't even know if that's true. And I don't even fully believe John Grisham knows if that would be true. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he did the research. But- I think he just made up his own <laughs> law code. Yeah. Which, on like, that I'm okay with. Yeah, I don't care. But, I don't care about that really much at but, all. But, no, yeah, you're right. I mean, he didn't, but he still got them enough to put these people in prison. But, um, yeah, keeping his brother just didn't make sense to me. I just, I didn't buy it at that point. Why do they give a shit if his brother stays in prison or not? Like, I could see them using it as leverage to get him to do what they want. But the plan is, all right, he's going to get us all these files and then fuck him. Pull the money, pull his brother. And it's like, why? Yeah. Why would you do that? Yeah. Yeah, they did make a... Especially when he has the dart still. I th- I, I kind of read it as kind of like the FBI agent trying to save his own skin because he doesn't want that getting released, but he also doesn't want to be like the agent who like broke and gave this criminal like 750000 I guess, but I don't think anybody would find out. I don't know. Oh, well, giving him the money. I don't... I just don't think you can do that. Whatever. I, I have no idea. I think the FBI can do a lot, but... Probably. I don't know. I don't know. I just didn't, whatever. Like, why wouldn't they do that in every case, though? You know what I mean? When they get somebody to, like, testify against the mob, they're like, we'll get you. We're going to get you under witness protection. We're going to give you, like, all this money. Why wouldn't they just do it every time? (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Whatever. I don't know. I'm done with this movie. (laughs) Me too. Um, What would you give it out of 10? Like a six and a half. I'd give it, um, I think, a five. Yeah, that's totally fair. Maybe a four and a half. (laughs) Probably a five, though. Yeah. Yeah, I could see it being a six. Yeah, I can't. I think it really. If I if I had gone in wanting something serious, I, I would have. It would definitely be lower. That's fair. Yeah, I think it was just sort of an oh boy moment when that movie started turning into what it was. As soon as it, I thought it was going to be like a conspiracy theory thing, I already was bummed. I was like, I wanted a quirky comedy. Yeah, yeah I feel <laughs> you. We both wanted different things from this movie yeah. than what I delivered. <laughs> oh, well, oh well, I still love you, Tom. <laughs> Anyway, I love Tom too. It's one of my favorite any people. Um, okay. Anyway, so Sin City. Hold on. This is super annoying, but we should take a break for a second. Because okay. this got like really laggy when it hit like an hour. Two strong minds going at it. Yeah. Um, Two fucking egoists. Well. Hey, welcome back to Talkie Talk, guys. We had a little break uh, for technical difficulties because Tyler's computer just couldn't take couldn't take the heat. Um, let us know in the comments if you think Tyler's a pussy for having a computer like that. Guys, this computer was given to me um, by my grandma on her deathbed. Um, she was having. She said, "Can you bring this to the dump for me?" <laughs> her folds were uh, on. Her brain was basically unfolding at a rapid rate. 
Um, she was becoming more childlike. That's how you get smart, bro. Yeah. That's why you only use 10% of your brains because it's all like crunched up. <laughs> By the end of it, she was using about 2% and most of that was breathing. <laughs> but the last word she was able to say was, Tyler, And then she shriveled up into, she actually reverted um, and turned into a bit of a fetus and then uh, just, you know, passed off, passed away. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is. Uh, It'll this... happen to all of us one day. <laughs> well, it's actually. It's a we very... will meet the Earth face to face. Suddenly, the size of us. You know. That like a as a fetus. Tom DeLonge lyric or you something. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but it's also 2001: A Space Odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, my grandma's dead. Uh, thanks, Nate. But yeah, yeah. No, she's not. She's fine. Made a full recovery. She's old. Anyway. All right. So Sin City, huh? Um, I'll let you take the lead since this was my pick. No, it wasn't. It was your pick. I'm going to take the lead. Are you serious? <laughs> Dude, because I've been wanting to watch this movie for a while too. Yeah, so. me too. It holds a special um, place in my heart. Anyway, I thought it was pretty mediocre. Sort of like the other one. This was at least more fun for me. I definitely enjoyed this one more, but I didn't really think it was anything special. I did like the style they did it in, even though I didn't think it always was pulled off that great. I think there was more a limitation of CG at the time than it was them not doing a good job. And I like that they tried to do something pretty different with it. It reminded me of Into the Spider-Verse, how they did that really particular comic book style, um, except it was live action. And I thought that was cool. I, we both said this before, but I would rather a movie try something and doesn't pull it off fully than not try at all. And I think it really did try to do something different artistically. I really like that the guy who did the comic book, what was his name? Alan Allens or something like that. Michael <laughs> Allen. Let's pull it up. Oh, we didn't do a plot summary for um, the firm. The spiritual successor to Schindler's List, Sin City, um, <laughs> makes a very brave use of color and lack of color to produce a uh, twisting anthology series of tales that sometimes influence each other, often don't usually don't yeah the star-studded cast of early mid-2000s um talent okay really brings together the cohesive feeling of a city that is not only past the edge of collapse but has been rotting for some time that's good i like that thank you um yeah so this was a graphic novel first Frank Miller did the graphic novel and then they pulled him on to direct the movie, which I think is really cool. I like that. Even if it wasn't for me, I like that he was able to direct it. You don't usually see that. And usually, honestly, usually when comic book movies like Watchmen, for example, come out, the creators don't really fuck with them because they make creative liberties that are against the original spirit of the movie uh, or of the comic book rather. Um, so I think it's cool to see that he was able to direct his own comic book movie and, and was able to do it in a particular art style that um, he thought delivered the story well enough. I like everything behind this movie and the idea of this movie a lot more than I like the actual movie because it was kind of just whatever. <laughs> um, you know? What do you mean like everything behind this movie? Like I like the concept behind it. Like I, Like everything I just said about him being able to adapt his own comic book and um okay try yeah. something try something unique with the art direction and cinematography i thought that was cool i think that's a cool thing to be able to do i just didn't like it that much 
Yeah, um, I, I'm, I would be interested to see how much of this is Frank Miller's directing and how much of this is Robert Rodriguez's because I noticed a lot of stuff that felt a lot like a Robert Rodriguez movie in it mm-hmm. just because I'm such a huge fan of Spy Kids. <laughs> it's a great movie. But yeah, I I think I agree that it it really tried for something interesting and didn't always nail it. Yeah. And definitely kind of started i started losing interest by like i think like i said the last like third of it yeah maybe the last quarter of it i think it is you know this doesn't really filter into my score too much because it doesn't really have to do with how they constructed the movie at the time but i really enjoyed seeing like a bunch of actors not quite from yesteryear but like you know a good mix of like Bruce Willis, Elijah Wood. Um, yeah, that's surprising. Whoever played Nancy, I knew her, but I don't remember. It's not Drew Barrymore, but it's someone someone like that. But it's just funny. Like, it, it, there almost was like a sense of nostalgia for like this kind of movie that was like very, just very liked it at the time. That doesn't have anything to do with how much I actually like, on a, how good it is on a technical level, but... Yeah, right. But yeah, I think... I think there were some clever moments with how they did. Um, I especially liked in moments that they went the full like black and white, like straight up just black and white with silhouettes. Yeah, um, yeah, that to was cool. kind of. I thought it was an interesting way to like really save on special effects. Like you didn't, you don't have to do that much for that to be effective, but it really drives home like important moments in the narrative, like when Bruce Willis uh, kills himself, or I think when. Like, I especially noticed when, in the one with Elijah Wood, when the dog is, like, eating at his limbs. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was interesting because it's like, well, I've seen movies where dogs eat people where it is incredibly unconvincing, but all they think to do is just, like, well, we'll just close up on the dog eating the fake meat because, like, what else are we going to do? Right. And I was just like, no, it was cool that they went, like, full. They just showed the silhouette of the dog eating at him and it made it yeah consistent with the style and it also made it so it didn't look too corny it looked like the right kind of corny yeah no i like that too i think that's a smart way to handle those kind of moments um when you recognize that you have limitations instead of just doing them and having it be shitty just do something within your limitations that will do it more effectively yeah so i respect that too i think it was smart yeah there's a lot of smart decisions behind it it's it's not a movie that i feel like they half-assed or didn't have much love behind it, especially because Frank Miller had so much involvement. I'm glad he was able to make this movie. I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. Again, like you don't usually see comic book creators. I can't think of another example. I don't think there is one where they get to work on their own adaptation. I think that's really sick. And yeah, I mean, visually, there were some really good moments. There were some times, too, that I, I felt like the CG really did distract from it for me. Um, I can't think of yeah, any the- examples, but where it was just so fake that I didn't buy it. The moment, what's the girl's name in the hooker one? Uh-huh. Uh, when he gets repeatedly hit by that car and like flung into the air. It definitely gave me like Shark Boy and Lava Girl vibes when it's just like so much early 2000s CG on the screen at once mm. that that I almost couldn't handle it. But there really was, it, it was already so like over the top already that I didn't really mind that. But that, that certainly re- took me out of the movie. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't even that it like wasn't realistic. It just looks really off sort of uncanny valley at points yeah no i 100 agree i think if he made it now it would look a lot better yeah i think so i do think it was probably just the limitations of the technology at the time when was this made 2005 yeah yeah it would look way better if he did it now but yeah i mean i think they did a good job with what they had and it was ambitious 
And it's the first time that I know of that anybody really attempted that specific style. So again, I mean, it's it's innovative, even if it's not pulled off um, perfectly. One thing that I did feel was half-assed was all the actors' performances. I just, every all of it felt really just phoned in. And I was surprised, especially with Bruce Willis. I was excited for him to do it because I feel like he could do that really over-the-top, hard-boiled cop well, but he just kind of half-assed it. Yeah, I, I kind of actually do agree that I think, I don't know if it maybe had to do, I feel like at that point when it's so many of the actors having um, issue, I think it's more of a directorial thing. Yeah. But I do think... Um, Bruce Willis, it didn't bother me as much when he was playing like the, the, like when his character was leaning more into the like salty cop persona Yeah. when he was supposed to be like having scenes with Nancy where he was supposed to be saying he like loved her and like displaying uh, affection for her. Yeah. You know, it was like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I didn't feel it at all. Yeah. But when he was one of, one of my favorite lines was in the beginning when he's like, doc tells me it got a bad heart. Something like a angina, he says, whatever that means. <laughs> like, like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like what? There, there were some good so, moments in the dialogue. Um, yeah. But I felt like, have you played Max Payne 3? Yes, I have. Okay. I like that game a lot. The writing in that, I fucking love. Yes. It's just nonstop, <laughs> over the top. And the voice actor sells it so well. Yeah. Yeah. I love his just fucking like angry slurred delivery it's everything so is like a is a simile yeah basically yeah, like yeah. a metaphor like a really yeah. crazy metaphor there was one she line, looked like dude. a bird in the cage but the cage had been open years ago yeah, yeah exactly i love that shit like if you're gonna go over the top neo-noir do it like that dude, yeah, yeah um definitely. this movie i felt like shied away from that like it almost wa- felt like really yeah i i felt like frank miller at points wanted it to be taken somewhat seriously. Um, I mean, I did feel like the dialogue was campy, but it didn't Mm. feel clever in that campiness. Whereas Max Payne 3 always feels super clever. Um, Even Chinatown to an extent, it has some of that, not quite campy, but um, genre specific dialogue but it's still super clever yeah, i i think chinatown was more reserved like i, I oh, think way more yeah I, yeah I way more Max grounded. three is like what makes that so entertaining is that it's just like it's it's always high quality quips but it's just like it's like 10 per minute and it's just like relentless so yeah. like it's just hilarious and they're all like, great it, it, too they yeah all, that's they different. all like yeah. keep hammering home and i'm just yeah, like that's, oh that's so sick <laughs> yeah like great script that that game has a great script i never finished it because i tried to play it on hard um and then it was too hard and then i stopped playing yeah. it <laughs> yeah i played that <laughs> Which a long time i should ago. just play it and i've heard too like derek loves that game our friend derek our only listener thanks derek he hasn't listened to a single episode yet by the way thanks um, derek i told him to li- he's wait. out there i told him to wait until episode six comes out because that's our first good one um <laughs> pretty much <laughs> But anyway, um, first listenable, just based on like audio quality, to be honest, I totally if I if I heard if I tried listening to a show like this and I heard the audio quality in the first five episodes, I would turn it off. Yeah, But our commentary is just so good and our personalities are just so attractive that I'm sure everybody loved them anyway. Thanks, guys. Do you, do you feel like it's kind of insulting to rip off Schindler's List? Do you think that Sin City ripped off Schindler's, <laughs> Schindler's List? I don't know. I feel like Schindler's List 
retroactively ripped off Sin City, to be honest. I didn't want to say that, but I do think you're right. They just did it so much better. Um, yeah. But anyway, coming back to the script, it just felt like it fell flat a lot for me, where they were trying to make it punchy, but it just sort of was the same as everything else. Um, there was one line in particular that I fucking burst out laughing at. I loved and I went, I rewound so I could write it down because I thought it was so good. And it was what I was waiting for this script to be for the whole movie. And it only felt like it was that in one moment. It's when Bruce Willis's character meets the girl that he rescued when she's 19 and they're alone together. And he goes, um, <clears throat> when it comes to comforting a traumatized 19 year old girl, I'm as expert as a palsy victim doing brain surgery with a pipe wrench. Yeah, that, that stuck out to me quite a bit, too. <laughs> that was incredible. Such a good line. Those, the, yeah, that, that really... And the rest of it could have been like that, and it would have been way more fun. Yeah. Like, I wanted it to be that out there for the whole movie. And, I yeah, I felt like, probably with the direction, it felt like they were trying to make it a little more serious than it is. Mm -hmm. And they were like, oh, dial it back a little bit. Dial it back. Like, try to make this like you're a real person. But I feel like if they had done the opposite and had just gone full Max Payne 3, I think I would have liked it a lot more. And I mean, but the script just didn't do it either. So they can only do so much. Yeah, that's, yeah, I... They didn't have a lot to work with, to be fair. Yeah, I, uh, that's that's why I liked Elijah Wood's character so much. Yeah, he was fun. I liked that one. I love the way that he, like, prances around and, like, doesn't speak. But, like, he's, I think he was just really well cast for that. Yeah. But I also think it's just, like, his... I feel like it seemed like he was having a lot of fun with his character, even though like it, yeah. it, it, there was no lines for him. But like he, the few scenes where you see him, like his whole body is on the screen and he's like Naruto running with yeah. like, these long ass nails. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. really ahead of its time. He is just an anime villain. He's, he's even got like the fully white glasses. Yes, yes. I love the fully white so glasses. So funny. Yeah. Yeah. There, there was like fun punch to it and like fun predictability, like in that in this scene in in, in that elijah wood ep, um i guess episode like segment yeah where um chapter yeah his his parole officer like goes over to those guys in the helicopter and she's like we're all like she's like he's don't shoot him he's he's like on parole i'm his officer or something like that and i was like oh you're dead like yeah he's just like gunner down like yeah. I, that stuff is just like so funny like the whole yeah. thing is just like or, or when um, in the one, which is I think is the one that's directed by Quentin Tarantino with Benicio Del Toro. Did he just did he just direct one of the segments? Yeah, I think so. He did that with another movie. It said it was like consultation with, I forget exactly what he was credited with, but it was something odd. I, I think it said guest direction. Maybe. I thought it was like consultation or something. Hold on. I'm going to look up what the exact credit is because it was something, it could have been guest direction. I could be thinking of something else I watched. The um, only reason I thought that was because I also saw another movie, I think in high school, called Four Rooms. Yeah. Where he he was a guest director on that, but it was like a different director for each segment. It was an anthology movie the same way as this one. So. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard about that. I haven't seen that. I, I didn't think it was... Um, while I'm looking this up, which one did you think was directed by him? I thought it was the one with um, the, uh, Michael Clark Duncan. I don't know who that is. The, he's the big black guy with the gold eye. Oh, yeah. He's dead now. I thought it was that one with Miho. Dangerous little Miho. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Which one do you think it was? Um, well, I didn't think that he directed one in particular. Oh. I could see him directing that, though. Oh, so Tarantino only directed one small segment. He directed the drive to the pit scene in which Dwight talks with a dead Jack Rafferty. Oh, interesting. Miller and Rodriguez worked as a team directing the rest of the film. Oh. I can see it. it's okay. got that's got that like Pulp Fiction um, and Reservoir Dogs. Two guys in a car dialogue. Yeah, that's kind of funny. Yeah. yeah. They're probably just boys with him. They're like, hey, direct this car scene. Yeah, I bet Quentin Tarantino loves Spy Kids. <laughs> That was his inspiration for Pulp Fiction, actually. Dear Quentin, I know that you will listen to this, so if you ever want to get together and watch Spy Kids sometime, I'm totally down. Yeah, dude. I want to watch his personal copy of it that he has. His original print. I'm sure he has it on like 70, 70 millimeter yeah. Spy Kids. Anyway. Yeah, uh, Sin City, good. Not bad, not great. I didn't hear you say much you good. liked about it, though. Um. I thought it, I thought it perfected what Sh- what Schindler's List. All right, all right, really Tyler, set out to do. That's the third time you made this joke. Let's let's keep it going. Um, you know, when you really think about like the compendium of Schindler's List clones. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Saving Private Ryan was also about World War II, but when you think about like the thematic differences of like a guy chasing a girl who who doesn't exist. Let me know when you're done with this bit. You know, it's it's. Send me a text. And, you know, yeah. In a lot of ways, Schindler's List is like Great Gatsby remade. Uh-huh. But if you really think about it in that way, you're really completely missing out on the idea of what Sin City sets out to do with the Schindler's List copy. But, yeah, so what do you like about Sin City? I don't want to get too into that. I don't want to get too into that. I want to talk about Sin City. Good. Um, in terms of Sin City, you know, Schindler's List aside, I, 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 thought, I thought most of it was like fun and just mm-hmm. like very turn your brain offy. And, um, yeah. you know, especially with like Robert Rodriguez's movies, I feel like they're all kind of like that, where it's just like, you just sit down and you get entertained for like, hopefully an hour and a half and no longer. Yeah. I don't mind that. I'm game for that. But for me, it missed the mark of being ridiculous enough or unique enough, um, in terms of the script. It's just the, the performances like really turn me off of this movie because they really felt half hard for the most part to me. <laughs> Yeah, I would agree more with the with the performances. Yeah, I think, I think that like was the, the main issue for me. I I imagine that a lot of it was like them standing in front of a green screen and like not having anyone to interact That's with. That's true. And I think back then, like the only movies that were really doing that was like Lord of the Rings. They did they did mad real locations though. Yeah, but I mean there were there were I mean I'm just saying like I think it was not very commonplace back then for that to be a thing that a that an actor had to be involved with. Right. Right. Oh, yeah, where they'd, like, give a green ball for them to act with or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that shit's great. Mad funny. Yeah. Um, no, but, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, Lord of the Rings is a fucking great movie. Uh, I think the first one terms, is a great movie. But, I think two and three are good movies. Um, I mean, I would definitely rewatch all of them. But, I mean, yeah, they're not... They're long-winded. But, anyway, let's not, yeah, let's not get into that. I think the first one is legitimately, like, a great film. That's, like, a 9 out of 10 for me. I really like the first one. Damn. Damn. Just so tight. Anyway. Um. Yeah. But um, I just think like the main thing for me is that it doesn't really evolve much throughout. Yeah. It's just kind of like it's a lot of the same. And then after about like the one hour, 10, one hour, 20 minute mark, I'm just kind of like, okay, this could end at any point and it wouldn't feel much different than how it ends later. Yeah. There was some fun stuff. Like there was, it, I thought the dialogue was 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 punchy and a little more rewarding than it seems like you did. but. Mm. For the most part, you know, I think it worked mostly for me in Bruce Willis's part outside of the scenes with Nancy and in the part with the, um, like, uh, the 
Hooker, Old Town, Michael Clark Duncan stuff. Because I feel like that guy's deadpan delivery of stuff worked with kind of like the over the top noir style dialogue and also just like was good for for like juxtaposing against like the absolutely over the top ridiculous action that's going on around him all the time. That he's just like, he's just like, careful, mijo, he could be armed. I don't know. I, I for me, I, like I can see why that makes sense to me. But for me, it just sort it. It was less deadpan and more boring for me. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I could totally see why you why I could totally see that. But for me, it just kind of worked. Yeah, that's fair. I can see that too. I think it's more a matter of of taste. And mine's clearly more refined. But uh, you know, we can't all be geniuses who love the Mission Impossible franchise. Yeah, you're you know Chianti. I'm Manischewitz. You know. I don't know who those people are, and I bet you don't either. <laughs> Whoever you are, Mr. Mr. Manischewitz. <laughs> like, probably you just made that up on the spot, but I have no idea. Yeah. Anyway, this, yeah, I, I would say I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of getting, I'm getting a little low blood sugary right now, but. Hey, send us, send us a sandwich at talkytalkcast at gmail.com. Yeah, please. <laughs> a little, uh, little Italiano. Yeah, Italian sub. Anyway, so Nate, what would you give this movie? Um... I feel like in terms of my own enjoyment, I would give it a five because it's just sort of, it was just sort of eh for me. It wasn't particularly bad, but I do think there was a lot behind this movie and I like, I just like that he was able to make it even if it wasn't for me. So I'm going to give it a six as the overall score. Cool. I think I would also give this a six and a half. Nice. Maybe, maybe a seven um, just because I think it's, yeah, I think I feel this way about all of like Robert Rodriguez's movies, but I just feel like he must be like such a fun guy to work with just because he's just like, yeah, like he's like a, like a kid on the playground. He's just like, yeah. And then uh, there's going to be uh, the car runs him over four times. He goes way up into the air. He goes way up. And then he's going to be uh, there's going to be a lot of gunfire. He's going to get shot 10 times. so He's going to be OK. And he's going to lie on the ground. He's going to turn over and he's going to shoot him. And then he's going to say, good advice. <laughs> And then, like it's just fun. I like that angle. Um, I like that angle. Yeah, but but at a certain point, it, it runs dry. I think I think I don't. And, and the thing is that I don't think that's specifically because the movie is so over the top. But I think really where like it loses points for me is not being consistently over the top, but just that each like episode of the movie doesn't really feel like it's saying anything new or doing anything different with that presentation yeah. that the other style right. was wasn't doing so yeah yeah i think that's fair it's a fair assessment um there's a sequel of it too i'm curious about it i heard it wasn't heard good was really bad. yeah yeah but hey we'll see yeah. yeah well thanks for listening to talkie talk guys uh if you haven't already please subscribe on spotify or itunes or wherever you're listening to this uh we have social media as well we have uh facebook you just look up talkie talk or facebook.com slash talkie talk um, or Talkie Talk Cast, I don't remember. Instagram is at Talkie Talk Cast. Uh, you know, spread the word if you like movies. Um, if you don't, then um, at least you're here for our comedic takes on life. Sort of a slice of life podcast <laughs> most of the time. It's a lot like the Rama one half of podcasts, basically. I don't even care what that's referencing, to be honest with you. Um, thanks for listening, yeah, guys. Yeah, don't. Tune in next week. Oh, yeah, we forgot about our movies. Nate, <laughs> what? What's your what? movie? Schindler's List. No, um, <laughs> I'm trying to take a look right now. Oh god, I forgot. Yeah, I me forgot. Too. So next week, I pick Once Upon a Time in the West. 
I saw I was watching the Norm Macdonald show on Netflix and he really likes it. And that's all I need to know. Hey, guys, I'm going to be choosing Blade Runner, the original 1982 Blade Runner with Harrison Ford, because Nate and I have both somehow not seen it. Yeah. And so that's I like Harrison Ford a lot. I forgot he was in that. I do, too. Yeah, he's great. Great actor. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Tune in next week for more genius opinions and funny quips. Thank you. Thank you so much.